we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Northern Power Women podcast. This is our Path to Power season, where I will be speaking every week to fantastic change makers and trailblazers who are making a difference in their communities, challenging the norm and creating more inclusive cultures. And every week, I always love the fact that there's such learning and inspiration to be gained from every one of the conversations that we create. Um, And this week is, is no different. I am especially delighted to introduce you to Professor Laura Seren OBE, who is a, I love this, global multi-award winning leadership development and inclusive practice specialist, professional speaker and experience coach. Uh, and Laura is also a director of her own consultancy coaching business, Laura Serrant Limited, and and new new nanny or <laughs> to, to Bonnie, as well as we just got it. Very new. Congratulations and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me today on, I was going to say, a sunny day but it seems to have decided it's not quite as sunny as it was a few hours ago when this comes out we'll be like do you remember that do you remember the sunshine do you, do you remember, remember the, the summer sunshine? do you remember those days when it didn't rain oh, we, we took a lot on this podcast around um you know ditch about imposter syndrome and um, we had a lady called georgia on a few weeks ago was talking about it exactly this phrase about ditching imposter syndrome you know um many of us suffer from it and it and it's you know and it is more likely to affect women and men but talk to us about your 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 theory around imposter syndrome i think um I think you're right, Simone. I think imposter syndrome is one of those things that everybody's heard about. Everybody thinks that they have had at different points and they probably have because, you know, it, it kind of comes along with us being human. Um, you know, being human is about not being perfect. Um, I often talk about being perfectly imperfect. Um, however, um, imposter syndrome, particularly with some of the clients I work with, they're kind of... It's strange because people think about imposter syndrome as being lack of confidence, as actually being um, not feeling that you're worthy. And they often relate it to people who are not successful as something that holds you back from being successful. But a lot of the women that I work with actually are already successful. You know, they've already got the dream job. You know, anybody looking from the outside would think, oh, they've got it all sorted. You know, they've got, you know, they've got the nice outfits. They've got the matching handbags. You know, they, they've they've working where they want. They're driving their own businesses. You know, they may be director CEOs. They may be managers or, you know, entrepreneurs. So they would seem to have it all together. However, they kind of blaze a trail to get where they're going. And then what happens is when they actually get there, when you get the big job, you start kind of second guessing yourself, you start questioning it. And that's the kind of imposter syndrome that many, many women display when they are powerhouses. You know, they they kind of think, well, I'm doing it, but um, I'm going to get found out. I don't know how I've got here. Do I deserve to be here? So it's like, I don't deserve to be exactly where I've worked to be. It's that kind of imposter syndrome. 
And I think as you say, you know, we often think, gosh, how can they have it? They're all over it. But it's, um, you know, it it doesn't seem to be connected any way to that ability, does it? It's something that is something that kind of swoops in. It just kind of swooping. I think what happens is that often, um, and I and I speak as an expert by experience in this myself. You know, people kind of see where you've got to and think, oh, it's all right for them. They've never had this, you know. Um, but um, as somebody once said to me, you you see the glory, but you don't know the story, you know. And actually, it, it's been hard work to get there. People have worked hard. Um, you know, you've often overcome both personal and external kind of pressures to be and to prove and to to show what you can do and and learning to play the game but then what happens is that when you get there it's like it's all right climbing to the top of a mountain but then you're afraid of falling so the imposter syndrome comes from a fear of failure or a fear of not um, not being as fabulous as everybody thinks you are, you know, and, and, you know, it's often that, you know, certainly that we often have really good support from friends, from family, etc. So it's not that we're isolated. We have really good support, but we feel the responsibility of, you know, being put on that pedestal or being being held into kind of it, it, as a really good role model. And you're kind of afraid of getting it wrong. And then that what happens then is that rather than continuing to blaze a trail or actually enjoying what you've done, you start to shrink to fit because you're afraid of like doing too much. You're afraid of like it all falling down. So you start double checking. You start trying to control the variations a bit too much. And what happens is you stop being yourself. You shrink to fit, but you're only fitting an idea that you think you should have. And and how do we ditch it? once and for all I think ditching it is actually about deciding where you're going to put your efforts you know ditching it is not about pretending it doesn't um exist ditching it is actually about going do you know what this is part of me and this is part of and speaking more about it so that secretive nature of imposter syndrome is what gives it its power so if we actually accept as I said at the beginning if we accept that we are human and we we move towards being perfectly imperfect. Okay, if we do that, what happens is imposter syndrome really doesn't have space. It doesn't mean that we it, that we do whatever we do despite it, but we actually work in the light of it, knowing that it's a thing, knowing that actually that's relatively useful and usual for women in powerful situations or women who actually have their own agency, you are going to have days when you doubt. You are going to have days where you think, "Mm, didn't quite do that right. You are going to have, again, from, you know, disclosure from my own experience, a day where you turn up, look at, you know, in one outfit and realize everybody else is wearing something else. You know, you're going to have those days, but you know what? Those things are going to happen. So ditching imposter syndrome is about learning to live in with it learning to live with it without it actually having power over you and learning to recognize it as part of, you know, in some ways it demonstrates how far you've traveled. It's a part of who you are. And I I love your kind of the, 
how you you talk about things being perfectly imperfect. Uh, I'm a big we're a big fan here. We always talk quite a lot about you know it's uh, progress, not perfection, as well. You know, and 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 I think that's you know it's, it's kind of really key, isn't it? Rather than it just be right, I've, I've got this and it's hanging off me and it's never going to go. Actually, it's 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 how you learn you learn to 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 live with it. And one of the other things I know that you're really passionate about and sort of speak globally around is leadership. And uh, we did a piece of research with Teesside University with the late Professor Jane Turner uh, a few years ago. And, and you know, we talked about if you like the, the new traits of leadership, um, because I think we saw during the pandemic a whole raft of different styles of leadership. We've got leaders, leaders out there who are being very consistent, you know, very present and very clear. And then you had others. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very polite way of putting it. Yeah, not so much. Kind <laughs> of thing, but, you know, do you think that the there is a sort of a, an old style leadership? Do you think that there is a, a certain traits that are now for the past, or you know, have you seen some of those others, if you like, or sort of that then reemerge? I think. I think there are different styles of leadership that actually exist, but I mean, I actually think leadership. Um, leadership links back to the thing we've just been talking around about being perfectly imperfect. For me, the greatest leaders are those who recognize their own humanity. You know, they're not perfect. They're not absolutely, you know, they're not flawless. In fact, they are flawed, but but it's how they live with those flaws and how they accept them as part of what they do and recognize that, you know, actually, you know, they can make a mistake but they hold their hands up and then they decide, well, okay, what am I going to do now in the light of that? The, the, and that is what is the root for me of their integrity. And I think that's the thing about future. That's where the old style leadership that's, that I think is successful links with what we require moving forward. It's integrous leadership. It's leadership with integrity and integrity recognizes my own human position, you know, as a leader, my own human position and my, you know, the flaws within it, within that. But it also recognizes that I don't hold all the answers and it and it and it recognizes that, you know, I admire or I respect people for their own expertise, their own experience and their own traits that I may not have. But actually, as well, that I actually also um, not only reward, but actually, if you like, give them the flowers where they deserve it. So because I'm because I am sure in my own leadership, I'm not threatened by the fact that you have a better idea than I do, you know, but actually I recognize that, you know, what we're moving towards is is clear and it's intentional. And that's for me, this, this the third part, if you like, of this leadership requirement. It needs to be intentional and consistent and intent its intentionality is is what end it works towards and if the end it works towards for me personally is around social justice it's and that's why the inclusivity comes in then I'm always making a step towards contributing to that and it's the intentionality the consistency the humanity that brings around that integrous leadership. And they are the people, if I had to reel off people off my head, when I think about what I think about leaders in the past and the present, 
they, that they are the traits that I think that count. Absolutely. And that's it's good to just hope we keep moving forward and don't go back into sort of 1950s kind of style of leadership at times or, or even sooner. Talk to me about hearing the silence, um, something that you refer to when you talk about inclusive leadership. I think it, it dates back or comes back originally from what I did in my PhD. It was in during my PhD, I um, devised a concept called screaming silences. And that is the best way to describe it is um, it's something that once you hear it, you can't unhear it. And it's like anything. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. We've all got. Well, I have anyway, I will admit we've all got a drawer or a cupboard in our house where we put things away when we tidy up. You know, it might be that message or we put it away. So everything looks neat and tidy in the kitchen or everything looks great. You know, the, it's all it might be under the stairs, wherever it is, you shove things in there that you'll get to later. Okay, which, of course, you never get to. But on the outside, everything looks fabulous. However, no matter how fabulous it is, you know that there are things in that cupboard or that drawer that need sorting out. And, you know, your worst fear is that a guest will open it and go in there by mistake. That's a bit like the scream in silence. Once you've heard something, you can't unhear it or pretend. You can carry on as if it didn't happen, but you do know it's a real thing. Now, if we pan forward to, and the reason the silence screams is that the, once you've heard it, the more that you ignore it, the louder it becomes, it, louder it becomes. So once you've noticed, for example, that there's a, you, you know, you're thinking about buying a red car, you notice one red car, you notice how many people have suddenly got red cars. Now, you haven't suddenly created a, a world where red cars multiply, but you, you've seen it and then you can't unsee it. But includes, and, and when we look at, think about that in terms of leadership, okay, it's about where we decide to put our efforts, and it's about what we notice in the world, what the, what we notice about the world we live in, what we notice about society, our friends or even our families. OK, so. Often when we're looking to determine action as leaders, we look at the facts, we look at the data, we look at what's said or what's not said, what's on the news, etc. And we listen to the words. Words are like another type of data. But if we start to listen and question to what's not being said, that's where the silence is. And what's not being said not only sometimes tells us a different story or leads us to different questions, sometimes it really shows us what's going on in our society. So if we focus, for example, on one particular group or one particular part of our communities as being a problem, okay, if we work on the basis that as human beings, we all do the same thing roughly. Well, we all have the potential to do same things. We make decisions. If they're only talking about one community in one city, oh, do we really believe that that's not happening in any other city, in any other community? So what, what else, what are they not saying? You know, if you hear, if you hear a statistic that says 30% of women do X, that means 70% do Y. So the idea of screaming silence is what is underpins my hashtag that I use, which is silence speaks. That means that if you listen to what is not said, what's not in the highlights, what's not usually in the data, what's not reflected in the information, it gives us a different story. And sometimes it's in that story where our opportunities to be different, to get a different outcome, to try something else actually sits. That's absolutely. I love that whole, that, uh, jumping onto that hashtag as well. Silence speaks. 
Absolutely. I'm also resonating with you about the drawers. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, it's in there. It's in that drawer somewhere that I'm going to get to at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Always going to get around it. But just and, 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 and so many things I could talk to you about. I know you've, you're so experienced on boards and, you know, I know the real passion. How do we get, you know, more women from diverse backgrounds, low, low, lower socioeconomic groups on boards? And I know you're so passionate about social justice, but can we look at two top tips? And it seems very, I don't want it to be very light at the end of the this great conversation conversation but I didn't want to I couldn't quell any of that that conversation there but you know sort of top tips for anyone out there who thinks actually I've never been on a board but it's something I'd be I I, I don't want to be silent I want to have my voice heard um as sort of one top tip out there and another top tip what can individuals and organizations do right now to ensure they are working towards eradicating that social justice so two big two big questions to sort of uh, to 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 uh, to close on but really important I wanted to sort of just ask okay well in terms of the top tip on for boards um maybe what i should what i was thinking about is um one thing people often ask me is why would i need to be on a board i'm not like those kind of people that they're not that's not my space Uh, and my answer is it's because you're not like those people that you believe that's why you should be on the board because what we have to remember is that If we think about politics, and I don't mean political party, politics with a small p, politics is fundamentally about distribution of resources. Who gets the resource, how resources are used and where they, you know, where they are directed to. And that's what boards do. In the simplest way, a board determines how we use the politics of using the resource in a particular setting, whether that's in, in, a, in an organization, in a charity, they, they, they work out the resources. And the decisions are made because of the conversations that's ha- that happens between the people in the board and what they know. And if what they know does not reflect your reality or the reality of the communities, the cultures, you know, the the groups of people that you work with, the things that you are passionate about. If you're not at the table and it's not in their reality, how is that conversation ever going to get into the discussion about how resource should be used? So it's your uniqueness and your difference that makes it essential for you to have the voice at the table. Absolutely. And I think I totally agree that you can never you can never be too young to to you to be on a board. I think it's always about having a, that that voice to be part of that conversation, to influence and and and, and quell a silence as well. And 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 social justice. Just talk about what is that one thing that individuals or organisations can do right now to ensure that they're working towards eradicating? Well, I think when we work in towards we are all working towards contributing to social social justice being established and social justice for me is about people having an equal chance because we're human beings we can't force anybody to do anything but we can create systems and processes where people have an equal chance an equal chance of demonstrating who they are of contributing into the society that we have an equal chance of making a difference and living the life that they want okay so If we think about organizations and we think about ourselves as solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, as as teachers, as whatever we're doing is, ask yourself one question. In the population that surrounds me, wherever I am, 
has everybody got an equal chance of engaging with us? And if you think, oh, yeah, of course they have, because we do. Have a look around you. Who are the people who use your service? Who are the people who access your business? Going back to the point that everybody needs everything. Everybody needs your service, your business to hear what you've got to say. If when you look out at your audience and they are not reflecting the range of people in the population, then that's where the silence is. Why are they not accessing you? And what do you need to do to link with them? The wisdom, Laura. <laughs> but I was at, Laura, I cannot thank you enough for coming on this week's podcast. I can't think of how many different topics that we have we have kind of gone through and covered this morning. We've meandered oh, we through have. a stepping we stone have. of topics. We have. You know, <laughs> we've still got some great sound bites as well. Some great, you know, um, you know, the fact that you know, we talked about imposter syndrome, it's the glory, you just don't see the story, you know, the perfectly imperfect, you know, and how do we learn to live with things that actually the one that's I think that jumps out will jump out to most of you listening today is that actually it's not about it's it's ensuring that silence speaks i think that's the, the that my real takeaway from today so professor laura saran obe and our powerless 2023 thank you so much for joining me today i really appreciate it congratulations on becoming a nana to bonnie as well we, we send you all manner of hugs out there as well thank you thank you thank you very much for your time because that is the most precious gift. 100%. And thank you all for listening today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our weekly podcast. And please do subscribe so you don't miss one of these amazing pieces of inspiration and wisdom that we have from so many of our guests. And uh, this is our pathway to power. If you'd like to join us on this mission of professional personal development, please stay connected on our digital hub, wearepower.net. And join in the conversations on all our socials at North Power Women on Twitter and Northern Power Women on all all the other ones and we'd love you to leave a review as well we love that and we will put details um, about professor laura in the show notes as well so you can catch up and keep listening to some of these amazing amazing advice guidance and um and, and wisdom as well so thank you so much uh, my name is simone you've been listening to the northern power Women podcast and what goes on media production oh, yeah.